0: Hello Broncos country and Merry Christmas. Welcome back for another edition of the Orange Weekly Post Game podcast. Tanner Lee and Jeff Ryan here ready to break down uh, another game. We, we seem to say this almost every week now, Jeff. Another game we're going to talk about and put in our distance memory. And that is the uh, 24 to 13 loss or 27 to 13 loss to the Oakland Raiders.
1: Yeah, good to be back with you again, Tanner. Um, thanks for all those listening out there to us um, three weeks in a row of losing to a really bad football team. Uh, And it's just, it's getting old and this season can't end soon enough.
0: It really can't. It's time to put a bow on this season, forget about it and go on to uh, 2019. But with that said, we're going to have plenty to break down and talk about, about this horrendous game And I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about about Vance Joseph and the looming upcoming Black Monday. So, sit back, relax, grab some eggnog or a beer or whatever you want, and enjoy this week's edition of the Orange Weekly Postgame. Well, Jeff, it's – uh, yeah, this just, this just isn't fun to talk about. Uh, loss is never fun to talk about, but especially when you're playing against your rival on national television and you simply just get embarrassed.
1: Get embarrassed by a team that was 3-11, and has been horrible all year. Their defense is no good. Um, their offense is not, you know, in sync. I mean, Derek Carr throws for 167 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and you lose by 13 points uh, on the road in what was likely – Uh, The Raiders' last home game in the Coliseum, Um, just really kind of a fitting ending um, as we wind down on this season here for the Broncos, and it's just frustration after frustration and unfortunately untimed injuries that we'll get into that that just keep piling up here in these last three weeks, and um, like I said in the intro, this season cannot die soon enough because it it is a dumpster fire at this point.
0: Yeah, and you talked about the injuries, and we'll get into breaking it down down the game here in just a second. But one of those injuries happened to uh, Pro Bowl rookie running back Philip Lindsay. Hurt his wrist. Sounds like he messed up some um, tendons in his wrist. It's going to require some surgery. Probably four to six month recovery. Not good. Poor guy can't even play in the Pro Bowl now.
1: Not good at all. And um, you know, a lot of people are going to. And I, and I myself will say, well, it's a wrist, which is good. It's not his knee, not an ankle, uh, not a lower lower extremity injury. Um, but David Johnson hurt his wrist and had surgery last last season and has not been the same David Johnson for some reason. Um, so I'm hoping Phillip comes back strong next year. Um, incredibly disappointed that he won't be able to play next week and in the Pro Bowl. Um, he was kind of the one highlight of anybody um, on this team this year, and so – it's just, again, it's just, you know, Murphy's Law when things go wrong, uh, they go wrong and it's just adding up at the worst time.
0: It really has. I mean, look how many guys have got hurt this year. Uh, you know, you've had tons of offensive linemen uh, Ronald Leary, uh, Matt Paradis, um, Max Garcia. Then you got Manuel Sanders hurt, Chris Harris Jr. hurt. Then you got other guys who have been in and out of the lineup like Brandon Marshall and, um, Sue Cravens and some others. It just hasn't been good. And this, like you said, Sunday can't come soon enough. Let's get this season over with, move on to into next year. But let's go ahead and break down this game. It couldn't start it off much worse for the Broncos, giving up a ninety nine yard or maybe even a hundred yard return touchdown. You don't see that very often.
1: No, a really unfortunate special teams play where we actually had a very, very easy chance to down it at the one or inside the one. And um, was it – who was the first one to touch that football? I'm tr- I don't know if it was uh, – Lang- did Langley play this week?
0: I feel like he did, but I think it was Isaac yadam was the first one down there. I think. Was it yadam Okay. Think. I don't really remember.
1: Well, regardless, we tried to down. It don't have clear possession of the football, and and Harris made a great play to uh, not call a fair catch and to pick up the – you saw him do a couple punts in the game, but um, to pick up the football, and then we had nobody back to uh, to tackle him. The punter couldn't really make a legitimate attempt at him. Um, Horrible special teams play to start the game. It came literally millimeters or maybe a centimeter away from um, being downed to where it would have been at the 20 yard line and maybe the game's different but honestly who cares it again just seems so fitting.
0: Yeah, that made that made the score 7-0. Of course, that was the score at the end of the first quarter. Then in the second quarter it saw a rushing touchdown by Doug Martin and then a field goal by Oakland. So the score was 17-0 at halftime.
1: Yeah, I mean the worst worst way to uh start a half of football um, and the, the rest of the half just kind of went that same way. The offense got in no rhythm. Um, the defense didn't play bad really the first quarter um, and even the second quarter. I know they gave up 10 points, um, but no, the defense didn't really play that bad. We just kept putting ourselves in horrible position. The offense, uh, you know, didn't absolutely nothing for us to flip field or for us to get in position to score that first half. And it was, really ugly and again just uninspiring performance that you look at Vance Joseph and say how do you come out against the Oakland Raiders when your job is on the line and he probably knows he's gone but used to win to prove that other teams out there would want you and that's what he does I mean, it's just unbelievable
0: yeah it's pretty baffling but not surprising at this point point. and I was listening to 104.3 of the fan this morning and Orlando Franklin was on and he's usually one of the hosts of the evening hours, but he was on this morning. And they were asking him about the Broncos' slow offensive starts throughout the year. And he said back when he played, he thinks it falls all on the offensive coordinator because he said back when he played, Adam Gase would huddle the guys together before the games. All right, we're going to go hang 35 points as quick as we can and going to start pulling guys out of the game so they can rest for next week. He would get the guys fired up. and He said, doesn't look like Bill Musgrave is doing anything even close to that.
1: No, and he needs to go as well. I mean, his offense is so incredibly boring. I, I couldn't believe how predictable and boring our offense was in the first half of that game. And it just looks like a team that's given up, a team that hasn't put in effort to really game plan. They haven't gotten prepared, um, especially these last three weeks. It's just incredible to think that this team was in actually fairly prime playoff position at 6-6 six and six, with a chance to keep your jobs, a chance to gain some momentum, and you lose to – two of the worst teams in football and Cleveland, who is a team that while they're playing better is still not a very good football team. So it was, it's just incredibly disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me when we were six and six going into the San Fran, before we had the injuries, to Harris and Sanders, that we'd be sitting here at six and nine going into week 17 against the Chargers, I wouldn't have believed you, but here we are. Um, and back to the uh, Raiders game after the halftime, the only score in the third quarter was by us. We came out and got a – late in the quarter, we got a seven-yard touchdown from Case Keenum to Deshaun Hamilton to make the score 17-7. But then the fourth quarter uh, started off pretty quick for the Raiders. Uh, they had a rushing touchdown to make it 24-7. to And then, uh, yeah, 24-7. And then we added a touchdown late to Cortland Sutton and did not convert the two point conversion then Oakland got a field goal and that's what the final score of 27 to 14 was i mean two uh too late touchdowns by case keenum but that doesn't really that doesn't really you know make up for all the mistakes he made in uh, missed opportunities throughout the game. I mean, he ended up with the stat line of twenty-three completions for 30, uh, 37 attempts for two hundred two yards, two touchdowns, two picks.
1: Yeah, and a QBR of forty-three point five. The picks were uh, the first one was was really bad timing. Um, the second one, he's trying to make a play, but it was still a terrible throw. Both balls were just poorly thrown. Case Kingdom is no better than Trevor Simeon. It's incredible that we had an offseason to evaluate him. And I know Minnesota was good last year um, because of many different reasons. But again, you can tell it's just a, a flaw in the front office of not actually evaluating talent properly and almost feeling like we had no choice. And so we just kind of randomly picked a guy that was out there and said, yeah, let's just try it and see that that's not how you win. Um, you can't just guess on things. You can't just do things haphazardly. And right now it kind of feels like the Broncos are doing that.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think you're right. I think they knew they weren't going to get cousins, so they said, oh, okay, let's see who else is out there available we can get on the cheap side that is coming off a really good career season, so it won't look so bad, you know, to the media that we're getting another kind of journeyman quarterback. In Case is a good guy. I think he's a quality backup. He's just not a starting NFL quarterback. But unfortunately, I could be wrong. I think Denver's going to be stuck with him for next year. But I could be wrong.
1: I I know. And if we are, it's like we're just throwing in the towel again. We're not going to be a winning team next year if that's the case. And, you know, I know we're in rebuild mode, but I don't know. You'd like to see us go after somebody, trade for somebody, um, because besides drafting someone in the – besides drafting a quarterback, excuse me, I don't see how we improve at that position um, unless you make a trade. And I was looking at possibilities. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I have no clue – the financial logistics to any of this um, if it, it would even be possible. Um, but I think there's three teams that I think the Broncos should reach out to and say, would, would you accept a trade? Number one would be the Oakland Raiders. I think Derek Carr, um, and this is the least likely team to trade with us, but would, I think Derek Carr would improve the position. Um, I think he's a fiery guy. I don't know if he wants to play in London all of next year as the reports are Swirling that, that that could be their home. That could be their home stadium next year. Um, and I'm not sure he wants to play for Gruden. They seem like they are completely on opposite pages most of the time. Um, so that'd be one team. The other two teams I look at are the Detroit Lions with Matthew Stafford and then the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan. I don't know if either of those guys are close to possibilities of trading, but I would trade a lot. Um for any three of those guys. What are your thoughts?
0: I I would take all three of them. I think all three of them are pretty good quarterbacks. Um, Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Carr's available. I don't know if he'd be available to your division rivals. Uh, Stafford's real interesting. I could see maybe it's time for Detroit and him to go their separate ways. It's just kind of ran its course. As far as Matt Ryan, I would be shocked if Matt Ryan's available. Would love to have him, but it would really surprise me if he's available. Um I'll run two guys past you. I'll kind of bounce them back. But but to answer your question, I take any three of those guys right yeah. now. Uh yeah. to bounce back on you. Uh this guy looks like it's gonna be a free agent, could possibly be traded. Joe Flacco.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he would improve the position. Um again, I don't know with his contract if it would set us back a lot. And Baltimore doesn't want him. I mean, there it's not like a guy that was starting and they're ready to move on from him. This is a guy that they benched. And while maybe guys can flourish in a new system, we don't have a system in place for him to even flourish in right now. So I would be worried, but I think he's better than Case Keenum.
0: Well, do you think it makes sense if I don't know even who the head coach is going to be, but if if they the new head coach wants Gary Kubiak to be offensive coordinator, if he's interested, yeah. would that make sense with Flacco? Because he's ran his offense before.
1: Definitely. I, I do think that would be a, a tremendous combination to have. Um, I would love to see Kubiak as an OC for Denver. I I think he would fit great um, in that system. I just don't know what head coach would come in and say, yeah, that's let's do that. I don't know.
0: Okay, and here's another name. Um, and I, I think this is going to be talked about a lot. Maybe maybe the Broncos won't be one of the teams, but there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be talked about uh, surrounding this guy, Nick
1: Foles. My personal opinion is that I'm not on the Foles bandwagon. Um, He somehow has played great football for the Philadelphia Eagles in huge moments. He was a Super Bowl MVP. Um, He's potentially leading them back in the playoffs this year after Carson Wentz goes down. Um, Everywhere else he's been in his career, he's not been very good. And even when I watch him play, just that simple eye test, he doesn't, to me, doesn't look like, um, the answer, but I could be, I could be wrong. I just, he's going to be expensive. Um, and we got to pay case $18 million next year. Um, so my personal opinion would be no, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. I think, um, and to answer like about Flacco and maybe even foals, why they are upgrades. I think they're bridge options. They're not the future of your franchise. Mm-hmm. And Like you mentioned Foles for whatever reason is Superman in uh philadelphia then when he's in uh, when he was in st louis and um kansas city and even though he's back in kansas city and i don't know if he played somewhere else he's clark kent so for whatever reason when he puts that philly jersey on he's superman but the four names four teams i heard to watch out for him from adam Scheffner were all three florida teams and the washington redskins and i think the redskins make too much sense for that not to happen
1: yeah i agree one interesting thought about him, tell me if I'm wrong, but is can did he when he was in Kansas City as a backup, was their current offensive coordinator his offensive coordinator?
0: What do you mean you his know? head coach? You mean his head coach?
1: No, no. Um
0: Cause because Peterman was uh or is that his name, Peterman? Uh, or Peterson whatever. He was the office coordinator one time in KC. Let
1: me look I'm looking this up. Currently as we speak here, because okay,
0: okay, it could have been Todd Haley.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know. I know to he, know. Was, he was there a while ago. I know. And currently Kansas city's offensive coordinator is Eric B enemy.
0: Yes. I'm going to talk about him in a little bit.
1: Okay. The only reason I bring him up this. So scratched everything. What I said, he was with Kansas city. I think when Foles was there, but he was the running's back running backs coach. Um, so not a quarterback guy, but he is their current offensive coordinator. I won't go but into more. Call, more.
0: He, he does not call the plays. Andy Reid calls the plays. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Scratch everything that we've wasted <laughs> your time on the last two minutes.
0: Uh, good and stuff. Uh,
1: let's move on from that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, but no. It's it, see, these are the type of conversations I hate having, but we have yeah. to have them yes. because the position we're in right now. I know. So um, let's go back to the game real quick before we move on to some other stuff. Does anybody get a game ball from you for this game?
1: no I think they all deserve I think they all deserve <laughs> to uh, to wallow in their own tears and uh, reflect on what they've done to the city of Denver that's my opinion
0: yeah Shannon sharp the other day said that the plane needed to leave everybody in Oakland
1: <laughs> yeah leave the garbage where it where it stays
0: I actually will give. A game ball to a Cortland Sutton, six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. I just feel like i got to give at least one. Uh, Yeah, but besides that, uh, Tim Patrick had three catches for 44 yards. Deshaun Hamilton had six catches for 40 yards and a touchdown, but Sutton will be my only game ball on offense. I could give one to Kobe Wadman for six punts for 306 yards because he averaged 51 yards per punt, so that's not really that bad. but I'm not going to give one to him either. Uh, and on defense, I'm going to give Adam Gotsis this one because he had our lone sack.
1: Okay. That's it. Yeah. I, that's about all you can do. I, like I said, I would give a game ball to nobody.
0: Well, definitely none of our coaches deserve a game ball.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Even McMahon, who I've been praising his efforts all year long, that was the first big blunder. Um, the special teams have seen this year. That was bad.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was, it it was kind of just an unfortunate play, but it was still a play that there needs to be more coaching involved with that to say, if they don't fair catch it, you have to be aware that Oakland can pick up the ball and run and we just, they're just out of position. So.
0: All right. You want to move on to some uh, talk about Vance Joseph and coaching? I'm ready. I'm ready
1: because this game was just too bad.
0: And I'm a, I'm afraid Sundays isn't going to be very fun either. I mean, our lineup we're going to oh. put out there is not going to be good. And no. the Chargers do have a meaningful game to play. I mean, they can get the one seed if Kansas City happens to lose at home to Oakland. Um, and the Chargers want to get payback against yeah. the Broncos. They're coming off a bad game against Baltimore. They're going to come out firing. Yeah. So, uh, And really – there's not much difference between seven and nine and six and 10. Am I rooting for Broncos to lose? Absolutely not. I'm not one of those fans, but um, there's really not that much difference between seven and nine and, and six and 10, but
1: no, no. And talent wise, LA chargers are way above us. So yeah. it's not, it's not crazy to think that they're going to kill us.
0: Yeah. Um, then the, the inevitable's coming. Monday's coming. It's going to happen. It might happen Sunday after the game, Vance Joseph and staff are going to be gone. Yeah. With that said, Jeff, I don't know if you have, have you compiled a short list that you want or a list that you've read or heard or some candidates just hit me with anything you got and uh, pertain to this coaching search.
1: Okay. So I, I have read a few things, not a lot. I haven't dug into this too much just because, uh, Hey, I'm just so disappointed in this team that it's hard for me to really get into that this at this point. Um, but like you said, it is coming and we need to, we need to be thinking about it. Um, Harbaugh, of course, was on my list. Reports that he's going to stay. He's leading that team on a nice run here into the playoffs. He's going to get a contract extension, so he's off the table. Um, looking at coaches that have been fired this season, Mike McCarthy, offensive coordinator, um, he would be on my list. I don't know if he'd be at the top, but he'd be at least on the list. Um, I know he hasn't – he's won a Super Bowl at Green Bay, but um, – but when you think about having Aaron Rodgers, you'd expect for him to have a lot more success. Uh, so that's why I wouldn't put him at the top of the list, but he'd be on there. Um, you look at, uh, let's see here, Arizona's head coach. He's Was he either fired or is getting fired?
0: Looks like he's going to get fired after one year.
1: Yeah, don't want him. I mean, if you're getting fired after one season, take, you know I- –
0: I don't want him either, but I think it's crap that Arizona's going to fire him after a season. He had no chance. I don't know why they're firing him after one season, but
1: they have no, They have nobody. They, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want Mike McCarthy. I've heard that report. Um, so that I've heard his why. name
0: linked to the Jets, too, as they think Todd Bowles is going to get
1: fired. Okay. Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded coach, um, and so, again, I would throw him off the table. So, starting with that, I would say we need to focus on offense. Um there's, I'm just throwing out random names. I know Lincoln Riley out of the college game has been a big name. I personally am not a big fan of hiring college coaches that have no NFL experience coaching uh, and, as a head coach. Um, has, does Lincoln Riley even have any head, any coaching experience in the NFL at all?
0: No, he's yeah. a young. I mean, he is young. He's like yeah. barely 30 years old or in his early to mid-30s. He's only in his – second maybe third year at Oklahoma I don't think he leaves Oklahoma the only job I think he might show interested is Cleveland with the Baker Mayfield connection but I don't know what direction Cleveland's even thinking about heading maybe they keep Greg Williams I would be shocked if Lincoln Riley leaves Oklahoma
1: I agree and and I really personally wouldn't want him that much because The NFL game is just totally different. The the personalities are different. I mean, you're coaching college kids versus grown adults who are making millions of dollars. It's just a completely different um, role as head coach, Um, and he's going to have a lot less um, power um, in the NFL. So I would throw him off the table. And the other thing is I'm really tired of this. Well, you got to go get the next McVay. Everybody's been saying that forever. I mean, that's not a new thing where everyone wanted a new young Uh, innovative head coach. That's what the goal is of every team. I think those guys are one in a million. And and I think the Rams got a little bit lucky. He came into a really good situation. Um, And so to just find the next Sean McVay is not going to be easy. Um, So I don't know who that would be. I don't think the next Sean McVay you can predict to be out there. You can try, but you can't predict that. And so I have no idea. There's so many names out there. I I don't know where else to start.
0: Well, and I look at the jobs that are up in the air right now. You know, I thought Carolina was going to part ways with Ron Rivera. He'd be an interesting one, but he's a defensive-minded coach. But now it looks like he's going to be back. Um, Doug Marone's going to be back in Jacksonville. Dirk Cutter's probably out at Tampa Bay, but I'm not interested in him. Don't think Atlanta's going to get rid of Dan Quinn. I mean, at one time, I thought there's going to be tons of guys available. I'm not so sure there's going to be that many now. Maybe there's going to be some surprises. I would love to see Pittsburgh get rid of Mike Tomlin part ways because I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. I think he'd be perfect for Denver, but I don't yeah. anticipate that happening. Um, you talked about going to the college ranks. I look at a statistic in the NFL right now of the 32 head coaches. Only three of them were head coaches one time and in the college ranks. That was Pete Carroll. Uh, that was. Um, Doug Marone and Bill O'Brien, um, those guys were all – Carroll was at USC, O'Brien was at Penn State, Marone was at Syracuse. Um, sure, other guys have had assistant jobs in college or coordinator jobs in college or position coach, but that's not the same. I would be really surprised if we go get somebody from college. You know, of course, Jim Harbaugh's name's getting thrown out there. I'd be surprised if he leaves Michigan, even though he's a guy who's proven he can't stay at one place for too long of a time but I'm not a big Jim Harbaugh guy. I wanted John, but I'm not a big Jim Harbaugh guy. One college guy I would keep an eye on, and this is just Tanner speculating, so don't take too much, don't take this to the bank, David Shaw from Stanford. He's been rumored for NFL jobs for a long time. There's a Stanford connection there with Elway. Maybe that's one they look at, but I would still be surprised if that's the case. You know, I kind of want a guy who has head coaching experience, but we've kind of gone over the list of guys available, at least excluding Mike Shanahan, because I don't think that's happening, even after those initial reports of what happened last year. There's just not that many guys out there with head coaching experience. So the two guys I keep hearing are both linked to Kansas City. Special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, who we've interviewed twice, I believe, in the past four years. He's had interviews numerous other places he's most notably known for the bears special teams coordinator from like 04 to 2012. So when they are really good with Devin Hester and he's been Kansas city's special teams coordinator the last few years is also their assistant coach this year. So that wouldn't really excite me, but he must be thought highly enough to get all these interviews. What are your thoughts on Dave Tope?
1: I know we've interviewed him twice, like you said, and this is why I brought up Eric bien earlier because, and I didn't know, I didn't, of course, I didn't think about Andy Reid calling the plays um, because, yeah, he's been doing that since he's been there. Because um, originally I was thinking, well, if you bring Eric bien over and <clears throat> as the offensive coordinator um, by hiring Dave Tobe, that could be a good situation for Tobe because he doesn't have to call plays and you can have Eric bien call plays, but we have no idea what, kind of an offense Eric bien would even have. Um, this was his first year as OC in Kansas City, and he doesn't call plays. So that really worries me. And um, there, there's a team currently playing well. Um, I'm sorry I'm blanking on their head coach being a s he was a special teams coordinator, I believe, and does not call plays um, and does more of the um, just kind of logistics – during the game let me see here give me a second
0: I was going to say John Harbaugh used to be a special teams coach I don't know if you're thinking of Harbaugh or not
1: no I'm thinking of Bill O'Brien calls plays oh oh I think it's Indianapolis, actually, with Frank Reich. I do not believe Frank Reich calls plays, and I believe he was in a special teams role before he got the head coaching role. I know he came from Philly.
0: I think he was the OC in Philly.
1: Okay. Maybe he was never in special teams, but I know he does not call plays. When he was
0: in Indianapolis in the mid-2000s, he was their quarterback coach.
1: OK, so he does it. So that would be interesting. He has offensive uh, uh, potential, but doesn't call plays for Indianapolis. So bringing this all back, sorry to be convoluted on this. I just think that Dave Tobe is an option, um, but you would have to have a great offensive coordinator. And then the problem with that is a great offensive coordinator will leave eventually.
0: No, you're right. You're right. Um,
1: that's why I kind of want an offensive minded coach.
0: Um. Eno, and you, you were talking about Eric B- B- bien enemy Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. You know what scares me about him? He, he resembles a lot of Vance Joseph, in my opinion. I mean, he has CU ties. He played at CU, so Vance – I mean, bien enemy's a legend at CU. Mm-hmm. Vance played there, not really a legend. Yeah. He's a hot coordinator. Vance was a hot coordinator. No head coaching experience. I'm just having deja vu, Jeff. I know. I'm having deja vu again.
1: I know, and I don't like that either. I agree. I, I would – Tend to get away from that, personally. Yeah,
0: uh, and a few other coaches. I can't think of the guy's name, but I, I I agree with you that we need to go with offensive-minded coach. But there's a lot of defensive-minded coaches, defensive coordinators out there that are kind of hot commodities. Indianapolis's defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, his name's starting to pop up in coaching searches. Uh-huh. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Either, um, but he, he's one. But I got a name. I'm going to throw at you, and it might not be the sexiest pick. But if we're going to try to get a guy with some Denver ties that understands the culture, this might make sense. Dennis Allen, defense coordinator of the
1: Saints. Yeah. Um, I've thought about him too, and he's got to be on the list at least. But again, New Orleans defense at times looks really intimidating and great, but then other times they give up a ton of yards. Um, and they, they haven't been great. And he was a head coach. That is one thing. He was a head coach for the Oakland Raiders, of course, after his time here, and it didn't go well. But he's had some time away from that, and it could be a, a, a good job coming back into things.
0: And they all, he only got two years at Oakland, and that roster was a dumpster fire. They didn't really give him a chance.
1: I didn't feel like What is our roster right now? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire, but it's definitely not the best. So yeah. it's, it's got some more. And That's a good point you brought up. Cause I think even what our roster looks like this upcoming Sunday against the chargers, it's going to look completely different next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if Broncos country might not want to hear it, but I think this is going to be a teardown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. I think, I think it has to
0: I think you got to get rid of a lot of the guys that have been part of the problem. Bradley, yeah. Lo, Brad, Bradley, 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 Roby, He's not back. I don't care if he wants to be back. After what I saw him quit, I don't know if you saw that the other night, he I quit, quit on a play fourth quarter. Up. I don't want him. Get out of here. I don't want players who quit. Can't have it. Yeah. If if you keep getting players like that, these back to back losing seasons are gonna span for the next three to five years and you're gonna be coming yeah. to losing culture. Can't have it. This is yeah. the ultimate time to hit the reset button for John LA for the front office for everybody to get this corrected. You have one chance. You don't get yeah. this right, you're in big trouble.
1: And Elway's gone. And, he, yeah, Elway needs to get control of this thing.
0: And I know there's a lot of crap going on with the Pat Bowling Bowling family and the Bowling Trust and all that junk. I don't want to talk about it because it's just confusing me. It's over my head, honestly. But uh, that's not a good situation. I've also heard a couple of coaches who have been ex-coaches who might want to get back in the game. You give me your thoughts real quick as we're getting into wrapping this thing up uh three guys and tell me if any of any of them interests you cuz me not so much but I'll throw them your way and see if it sticks Rex Ryan, Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano.
1: No, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was Rex, easy enough.
1: Rex Ryan has uh, has done nothing with what he's had. I mean, he he did have a little bit of success early on with uh, Mark Sanchez, but really uh, has relatively done nothing. Um Chuck Pagano is Vance Joseph um in just almost a nicer guy form. Um, I mean, they're both nice guys, you know, I think on the outside, but Pagano is that cliche, you know, oh, we just got to keep fighting. We just got to find the way to win and all this is crap that just doesn't matter. And um, Jim Caldwell, I think is just, he was given so much talent in Detroit and did nothing. So no, <laughs>
0: Yeah. No. And why I bring that up is Ian Rappaport, I believe it was him. I read this on Twitter, spoke with Chuck to Pagano. Chuck wants to get back into coaching said if he has that opportunity, he said he guarantees he's a better head coach as of this day than he ever has been.
1: I'm sure. But you know, I think everyone's going to say that and think that I mean, Vance Joseph still thinks he's a good coach. Case Keenum's out there still advocating for him, which is just beyond me. But, um, Pagano, again, another guy with Colorado ties. He was born and raised in Boulder and, uh, I'm just tired of this. I don't. I don't want any of that. Yeah,
0: I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. Um, this is something I'm sure we'll be talking about this next week when we break down the Charger game because this is something that's not gonna end anytime soon until we hire a new coach. But it'll be interesting to see what the coaching search looks like, who the possible candidates are gonna be, uh, if any unexpected jobs come open, and some candidates we weren't expecting are available. Um, but John's got knocked out of the park, man. He's got. Yeah, yeah.
1: he has to.
0: And one, one more thing I want to um, mention, I believe I saw this on Benjamin Albright's uh, Twitter. He's a guy who's an NFL insider, and he's he's usually, he's not the most known guy, but he's usually spot on with a lot of things he says eventually. Yeah. Um, he said one quarterback to keep an eye on when it comes to the, Bron- the Broncos is Missouri quarterback Drew Locke. And oh. I personally saw Drew Locke play in person this year when he played against uh, our alma mater, Purdue and he looks the part he's got the arm that would excite me now would the broncos have to take him in the first round or could they wait to the second round i'm not sure if they could wait to get him in the second round i'd be all for it
1: yeah i agree and i've i've thought about drew Locke a lot because his stock has kind of um gone down since the beginning of the season but it's so funny with the nfl draft how the the ebbs and flows of quarterback especially quarterback because it's the most important position on the field um Goes Because we'll be talking about one guy now that might have zero stock come uh, April. And then there's other guys we're not talking about at all that could all of a sudden go in the first round. So um, we'll see what happens. I do think he's a big name. He'd be my number one just just on the outside looking in and not knowing much about the other quarterbacks that will be available. He would be my number one uh, option right now out of the draft.
0: He would be my number, be number three in is yeah, it's only, only I. I'll I'll pick, 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 I can here. I can hear my, my audio, audio on, here. on here.
1: Sorry, hold on. I had to take my headphones out because they died. You can hear you.
0: Yeah. Now mm. I can't. Now I can't.
1: Okay. Okay. Um,
0: but he would be my number three quarterback. Uh, the other two would be Justin Herbert if he comes out of Oregon. I don't know if he's going to. He They're might resistant. stay.
1: Just to report today that he's returning for his seat. All season. right.
0: Well, that debunks that Tanner didn't know that. So uh, and Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State would be the other one in front of him. But besides that, yeah, I look at Drew Locke. I look at Will Greer from West Virginia. I'm sure there's a few others, but really it's not a great quarterback class, to be honest.
1: No. I don't know. 2020's
0: gonna be, but we gotta figure it out, man, because like I said, we're gonna be breaking down the Charger game. That's going on Sunday next week, and I hope it's at least something more positive than the last few because between the losing to the Browns at home and having the Browns fans chanting, let's go Browns in our stadium, and then just the embarrassment that was the Raider game on Monday night. I'm getting texts from guys from just sports fans I never even hear of from, and they're texting me making fun of the Broncos. I, on Monday night, I just can't take up much anymore.
1: Which I laugh at, though, because it's like these fans that are of other teams, it's like, unless you're a Patriots fan, maybe a Steelers fan, Packers fan, what have you done to deserve bragging rights at all? Nothing. I mean, nothing. I mean, there's so many fan bases out there right now that are all high and mighty for no reason. So, again, like we've always said, we're happy to be Broncos fans. I wouldn't want to be a fan of anybody else. And, uh, We'll get the ship righted. It's just going to take some time, and um, you know we're just in a bad we're just in bad times right now, and a lot of that has to do with John Elway not putting the pieces together, horrible coaching decisions by Vance Joseph, and uh, the personnel right now is just not good. So it's time to rebuild and move on.
0: Ah, you hit on the head, man, and uh, stay with Orange Weekly as we're pretty much the ESPN that just talks about Denver Bronco news and updates and. Anything going on, we have podcasts, we have shows. You can catch us pretty much every night of the week. It starts on Mondays with Jason with Orange Weekly After Dark, the Facebook Live show. Then Tuesdays, you have uh, Beer Broncos and No BS with Kev Dan. He's usually joined by Jared or Ray or David. And uh, we take your Facebook questions, talk about what you want to talk about. That's at uh, 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Then on Wednesdays, you got the good, the bad, and the ugly with myself and Kev Dan on Get Vocal. Also, it's 7 o'clock Mountain Time. We talk about what we thought was good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, From the previous matchup, which, uh, spoiler alert for this week, it's going to be a lot of bad and ugly, no good about the Raider game. Then usually on Thursdays, uh, Matt and Jared come out with the pregame podcast. They break down the X's and O's and get you ready for the game. Uh, Then... uh, we, we aren't doing the tailgate talk this week. Uh, Kev Dan's going to be at the game, so we're not doing that. But normally what we usually do is tailgate talk on get vocal a few hours before kickoff gets you ready for the game. And then the halftime hash is, of course, during halftime of the game on Facebook Live. And we get your comments on what you liked in the first half and what you didn't like. So what I'm saying is plenty of content coming your way from Orange Weekly, even in the offseason, especially with the head coaching search, free agents, draft. Stick with us, check all our stuff out, and uh, give us any comments or uh, considerations for improvements if you have any. So uh, with that said, Jeff, uh, at least for one more week, uh, go Broncos.
1: Go Broncos, and let's send uh, Philip Rivers home crying again.
0: Amen, brother.
1: Take care.